0: welcome everyone to my podcast i'm your host jen O'Sullivan. my desire is to help you on your personal wellness journey when you know better you do better and then you'll be better so you can find more of my resources over at jenosullivan.com you can also head over to 31oils.com lots of stuff over there okay let's get started Hey guys, I'm so excited to share with you guys about Gold Retreat and if you don't know what that is and you think, what is she even talking about? Um, I work with Young Living Essential Oils and I adore them. I've been a customer of theirs since 2007 and I uh, just started sharing my love of oils only as of about four years ago. I ranked up to gold two years ago and postponed it. Um they give us these fun retreats. So I ranked up to silver pretty quickly in my, uh, you know, attempts to share oils with others. (laughs) And it was pretty exciting and got to go on Silver Retreat right away. And I will tell you, they roll out the red carpet for us. Um, When you start getting into the leadership ranks where, you know, they view you as someone who's got other people under them who are helping educate and share and encourage, um, they really do want to help us succeed. And so they encourage us by flying all of you who rank up to a um, leadership rank of silver and above. And if you st- are able to stay at that rank for a certain amount of a month, you know, so like in consecutive months, you have to stick it th- through it for I think it's four months on um, my I- Kind of have to remember that stuff, but, <laughs> um, and then they you qualify for a leadership retreat, and it's really exciting because you go, you get uh, your flight paid for, your hotel, you get to stay in a beautiful hotel, uh, all by yourself, so you don't have to have you don't have to share rooms. You know, it's not like going to camp where you have to bunk with five other ladies. <laughs> it's literally you get your own beautiful room, and you get all your food paid for. We have uh, like dinners that are all fancy, and everybody gets to wear. Cocktail dresses, um, you get like free flowing ninja red. It's like super exciting, you know, and it's and they give you gifts. Like they're just so generous, and they are proud of us, and they want to support us. And I will tell you, it's the best thing in the world. So what I wanted to do is get on here real quick and share with you some of the words of wisdom, because one of the days we do sessions where they have guest speakers come in, and they just really encourage us to keep going, you know, and to keep, um, keep sharing our love of oils and help us through some of our own glass ceilings, if you will. But one of the um, other things they do is they get us, they take us to a farm. So each retreat goes to a different farm and this one I got to go see um, the farm where it all began and it's the St. Mary's Farm in Idaho and man oh man to, to just see where Gary stood and what his vision was and all of the the just the beautiful acreage that is just gorgeous and untouched land to really understand the process of of you know, what Gary's vision was for creating oils that, you know, are sustainable, but also that are grown in land that are truly organic, you know, away from all other farms. There's like not a single farm around them. It's surrounded by beautiful Tree groves, and to know that um, this land was untouched; it had never been farmed on, and that's what we do. So, I mean, get you get to speak to all of the the guys who are the distillery guys, um, the crew. Uh, they just are, I mean, floored at their ability to work at such an amazing, um, with an amazing company, but at a, such an amazing farm. So it just, it's just, I don't know. I just don't understand how. How other companies can't be involved in their farms because when you go and see the amount of care and love that um, the workers put into this stuff, right? You're just like, What? (laughs) It's like they have true ownership. So, this is what I want to start with and help you just go over a few points. I've got my notebook here, but um, I'm going to start there with extreme ownership. There were several speakers that talked about this, and it was sort of the buzzword of of helping people find extreme ownership. And when you give somebody almost the rights to own something, it makes all the difference in the world. I think about that like with my church, and um, you know, our pastor talks about like, this is your home. It's an extension of your home. So what that means, is, you know, when I'm at my home, and I see something on the ground, I pick it up, right? When you see trash on the ground or dirt, you clean it up. But when you don't feel ownership of something, you walk over it, right? When you're at a restaurant, or if I'm shopping at Costco, I don't feel any allegiance to Costco, I'm shopping there. I'm I, you know, if I see a spill on the ground, I'm not going to clean it up, I'm going to maybe if I'm nice, I will go and say something to someone so that no one else trips. But you know, if you see a piece of trash on the ground, we typically don't do that unless we feel ownership. So like when I'm at my church, and I wash my hands, like if I'm at the airport, and I wash my hands, I'm not really about to sop up the mess of somebody else's water all over the place. But if I'm at my church, and I see that someone has, you know, probably a child came in and, you know, washed their hands and made a bit of a mess, I clean it up right? Because I feel ownership over my church, because that's my family. And it's an extension of my home. And so when we look at extreme ownership, and that's what I loved about the farm crew and everybody that worked there, is that they just feel like they are one of the tribe, this is their home, this is their land, and they care for it that way It's a big difference than just hiring an employee who doesn't really care. So when we think about our my downline, right, my team, um, part of the thing about extreme ownership, which I teach you guys all the time, as far as like, you know, we want to teach people to fish, I don't want to fish for them. I don't want to hand them the fish. I want to teach them to fish so that they can continue to to duplicate that and and feed themselves, right? Um, and one thing I'm guilty of is, is enabling rather than giving ownership, right? Or allowing those people to feel empowered. And what I mean by that is simply because I educate and I love educating and I'm a natural teacher and it's something I've been doing almost my whole life. I tell my team, like, if you want me to teach a class, I will. (laughs) So then they're like, okay, because I'm a little nervous, so you teach it. Well, what that does is it enables them to never grow and it doesn't empower them. And so I have learned that one of the things I need to take very seriously is this concept of extreme ownership and helping, like, I get so excited when a member is like, oh, I have a friend that wants to sign up. How do I sign them up? So I go into the back office. I collect their member number. I go to the member services area. I go to the link builder. I build their link. Then I text them their link, and then they have their link, and then they can send their link, But then two months later, they're like, I have another friend that wants to buy, you know, can I, can you give me my link again? And you know, I sit there and sort of giggle and think, well, it's, it's just a couple months up in text, you can go grab it, (laughs) right? But see, I've enabled them to think, just ask Jen, and she'll give me the easy answer. And that only causes them to never truly be able to grow. So it would be better if I would say, hey, okay, let's get on the phone and get on your computer and I'm going to show you, okay, log into your account. Okay, click here, click on member services, click on the link builder, and then show them so they can see how to make their link and how to get it. And then I can encourage them, you know, click your link right now and copy it and put it in a note in your phone. So you always have it right now on their phone, they have their link and they never have to go back to the link builder, right? So that's that's extreme ownership, where I'm teaching them to fish, I'm teaching them where to find something. And the same is true with classes. And um, I loved the fact that one of the girls said, I've taught hundreds upon hundreds of classes, she was a Royal Crown Diamond, that's the top of our company. And she says, still to this day, she's like, I have the thing memorized. But I read it from a piece of paper. (laughs) And I thought, what? (laughs) Because like, as an educator, like, I would never do that. I would never teach a class over and over again, and then read it from a paper. Like, you know, I'm a red, you guys know that. Like, I, I want people to know I know what I'm talking about, right? So why would I do that? But you guys, what that does is it enables your team to look at that and say, wow, that's not that hard. I can do that. Instead, they'll look at me teaching and be like, I can't do that. Like, I can't remember every single little thing. And so what I, what I typically do is I say, here, here's the 15 or 16 things you need to know like memorize it and do it. Well, that's a little hard. You know, that isn't really it's it's not that empowering, right? It's sort of like, Oh, shoot, can I actually do that? And so I love the fact that this girl was like, almost giving me permission, right? I felt like she was giving me permission to say, Look, you guys, reading from a script is good. And the reason it's good is because the people who are at the class they might not think oh this is a super polished class right but what they you know like if you did and here's here's the flip side of that if you did a super polished class which i am super guilty of doing all the time like i have people that say that was the best class i've ever taken guess what's going on in their mind what's going on in their mind is like wow she's a good teacher i could never do that <laughs> right so there's no ability for you to duplicate i remember l- watching classes and again, the red coming out in me, I would watch these classes or listen to classes and go, holy moly, I could do that way better. And I will, right? And that's duplication. You want your people looking at you and saying, this is great information, and I could do a better job. (laughs) right? Because then they're like, I can do this. And that's what you want people thinking. I can do this. And so extreme ownership is helping us see what are the blocks that people are going to have, right? And how can we help them overcome them? How can we stop promoting enabling, right? Like, oh, you can't do it. So I'm going to do it for you. Don't worry about it, right? I'm enabling them to never learn to do it themselves. So my goal is to teach my team how to do it better themselves, but also not to do it too better, right? Not to do it too well, so that their, um, their customers, their friends don't look at them and say, well, I could never do that. So I love the idea of really making sure that we walk our people through different steps, but also let them do the steps. Okay, so that was one real big takeaway from for me. Um, Another thing that I felt was important And it does go back because we're kind of combining these two, but it is that duplication thing. And um, the thing that I always tell people is like the whole thing that you should never tell your children, right? Do what I say, not as I do, (laughs) which is like, I write books. Um, I love teaching online. I love taking complicated information and making it very easy to understand because I need to make it understandable to myself, right? So I also, you know, I developed two apps, like I'm a graphic designer, I have a very artistic skill set. So, um, you know, writing, designing, you know, my photography is all my own, mostly, you know, the on the books and stuff. And so for me, It's like, that's what I get joy out of doing. And it's part of my skill set. And I feel like a lot of people will come onto my team. And like, let's say you join my team. And you think, well, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I supposed to be writing a book? Am I supposed to be like, educating everybody online all the time? Am I supposed to write an app? No. (laughs) So that's not you know, that's not duplicatable at all. If anything, it's almost mind-blowingly psychotically like you want to pull your hair out, right? So, whenever we publish a new book, it's like birthing a child. So, and and you authors out there know what I mean, right? Like some people think I'm exaggerating and it's not. That's no exaggeration. It's pretty intense. So, I want to help you understand um, that when you look at everyone, right, most of us come from different backgrounds. And I could say like a chiropractor, like I could never do that, I would have to go back to school to do that, right? So would you, you'd have to go back to school if you wanted to, to be a graphic designer or be a photographer, right? I mean, in most cases, and same thing, like with with, say, a chiropractor. So I'm using that as an example, because many people in Young Living are chiropractors. And they have that as their day job, right? So some of them have now retired, because their Young Living income has taken over their chiropractic income, which is amazing. But that's where we have to remember that a lot of us have other jobs and other skill sets. And so for me, my other job, right? I don't look at a chiropractor and say, like, wow, like I'm under you and I sell oils and do I need to now become a chiropractor? No, you get that. You get that that's not the answer. But because what I do is so closely related to young living, a lot of people assume like that's what I need to be doing. No, that is like a my chiropractic job, right? It's like my side job. It's like the thing I do outside of Young Living. I educate, I write books, I, I've written three different books prior to even be being involved in sharing Young Living. Um I, you know, I have a photography background. I mean all sorts of stuff. So so just know that like that is not the duplication process. And so for me it's it's helping people. I need to really consider how I can help people from a true duplication duplication process and help them see what that looks like. And so that means while everybody sees me doing all of this, right? Podcasts and other other things, it would be really helpful I think for me to show people me teaching a class, right? Me actually in the dirt doing it. And how do I sell a kit? And how do I share one on one? And how do I help somebody learn about the business side and get excited about it? And so that's tough, right? Because that usually is one on one for me. But I thought, you know, that could be something really great where I start opening up classes for my um, my team to see for even the public to see like, how do I share? And how do I dumb it down? And, and I know that sounds weird to some of you. But that's the that's the key, we have to dumb it down a little bit so that we don't look so polished. And I know I have some friends that sell other things. And I go to their classes. And I think that was awesome. <laughs> you know, Like, that was so cool. But I don't think I could ever do that. And even me saying that, like, I think I don't think I could do it that well. So it blocks me from even wanting to share it with my friends. So that's just a, a word of advice that I felt was so important. Okay, the last, third and last thing that was so profoundly important to me was, um, this was uh, Lena Rine, and she, they gave us a book on this, she's one of the authors, and she works for the Franklin Covey Institute, Um, she's one of their um, speakers and authors, and she was really great, because she was talking about, like, uh, the common mindset can be very limiting, that I am responsible for my results, but the better mindset was I am responsible for delivering results through other people, right? That's the duplication model. Okay, so she had us do a fun thing where she was like, you know, write your name out with your your dominant hand and then try writing your name with your non-dominant hand. And it's super awkward, right? But she said, how do you get your non-dominant hand to look better? It's like kind of simple. It's simple instructions. You practice. <laughs> it's like not rocket science. Okay, but to to have breakthrough results what she said was it's it's it is simple but it's not easy it's mindset change so she went through this thing and i'm sure some of you guys have have gone through this before and it's just interesting to me this whole see do get so what you see is what you're going to do and it's what you're going to get so in other words your mindset how you think things are is what you're going to actively put out there, right? You you're going to practice that. And what's going to happen is that's going to then dictate your results, which then are going to reinform your mindset or what you see. So it's this kind of nasty cycle that just keeps going around and can ve- be very debilitating. So, She was so sweet because she used an example of let's talk about people being lazy. Let's say in your if you if you generally think people are lazy, then you are going to practice the mindset of thinking, right? People are lazy. And then your outward actions will say people are lazy, right? You will be like, let me just do it. Okay, I'm just going to do it myself. <laughs> right? Let me move over. I will do it. I mean, we do this with our husbands all the time. And it emasculates them, right? It's like, oh, just let me do it. <laughs> when we're thinking, oh, he's just so lazy. Why doesn't he do anything, right? Again, I'm just using a real world example here. But then I'm treating my husband like he's lazy when he's not lazy. If any of you have met my husband, he is not lazy, but I'm treating him like he's lazy. So then he's like, oh, she thinks I'm not doing anything and she's going to do it. So I'm just going to let her do it. It gives me more time to hang out on my iPad and go bike riding. Right. I mean, like nobody in their right mind would, would be like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. Right. They really just say like, okay, she she's got it so i'm just going to relax <laughs> and he will then in my mind be lazy right even though i was the one who caused him to respond that way because of how i was reacting to him so that kind of it's like an ebb and flow and i'm promoting i am practicing the art of him being lazy so he's obliging me right and then what are my results my results, what I get is my husband's not doing anything. So I'm like, what? Okay, that just confirmed my original mindset. You see what I'm saying? So this was so mind-blowing to me because what she said was very profound, but very simple. You ready for it? Write it down. Get your notepad and paper out and your pen. Here we go. Work backwards. Okay, so what she said is take that series, right? What your mindset is, is what you do and you practice and then your results become basically what you practice and then you see that. So it's this, it's a cycle. She says, go backwards. So what you want to do is look at what are your results? What are the results you're getting that you're not happy with? She says, this is going to be tough. This is going to be an exercise that's going to hurt, (laughs) okay? And I was like, okay, I'm ready for it. And I did. I sat down and I wrote the results I'm getting that I don't like. And this is where it's interesting because this is going to take me some time to work through. And we all know what they are. Not me. You don't know mine, but you know yours. You know the things that are the negative tapes you play in your head. And maybe it's even verbally. Okay, so typically I say I have no friends. That has got to stop because that is a mindset that I have that then I promote by when I go to things that are, you know, fun or whatever. I tend to go alone and I tend to sit down by myself and I tend to look down at my phone, right? And I'm promoting this idea of like closed offness, okay? So there's this working backwards of what am I getting? I'm getting no friends. Okay, and again, I'm just being honest with you guys, like I don't have very good friends because I'm promoting this. Okay, again, this is you got to take a look at yourself of why are you getting the results that you're getting. So if I have no friends, and I have tons and tons of friends and acquaintances, but I'm talking about besties, right? I'm talking about girlfriends that are like just my girls, you know, and I have two good girlfriends, but we just don't see each other enough for me to even call them like besties. In my mind, these two girls are my best friends. But again, I am promoting a problem of not connecting with them, right? Not making time for them. And so when I look at what I'm getting, I then have to say, what am I doing to get those results? And again, I'm not, I'm not engaging with them. I'm not pouring into their life. I'm not being a friend, right? Because I could sit there and say, and this is where this is where the nasty um, cycle comes into play. Because I say, well, they've got other friends, they've got other people that they're hanging out with and pouring into and they don't have time for me. And I'm sort of low on the totem pole. This is common, by the way, my husband hears me say this all the time, like, I'm her eighth friend, right? Like, she's my first, but I'm her eighth. So I have to kind of just sit by the wayside and be patient. And when I get a little scrap of, of time of hers, I'll get that time. And occasionally that time gets pulled away because something else comes up and she can't make it, right? So it's that kind of thing where I'm like, Eeyore. I've totally become Eeyore in the friend. Like, woe is me. My mindset is so sad because I have no friends, right? <laughs> it's like, snap out of it, girlfriend. So I'm doing things that are causing my results to be reinforced. So then my mindset is I just don't have friends and I must not be worthy enough for friends. I must be a loser. Like, no joke, you guys, this is where my mind goes. And I often walk around with a very introverted, I'm a loser mindset. How crazy, right? I mean, it's just one of those things where I think, if I think the reality And that's where I need to change my mindset. Right. And I need to do that. And I mean, in a big, big way. So she said, if you're working backwards, the do part is where you focus on because if you whatever your results are, you got to figure out what you're doing to cause that. And then you got to work on that do right? work on the activities, like fake it till you make it. And then your mindset begins to change. And you can work mindset and practicing the same like you can work what you're doing and what you're seeing at the same time. And I feel that that's very powerful. Um, oftentimes, we can put a mindset practice in place, and then your body starts to follow along. And sometimes just doing it like faking it until you make it is the same. So it's sort of you can do one or the boat or the other or both. And that's what I am working on. So I have a list you guys of almost 10 items 123456789 items of negative tapes that I support through my own actions that then reinforce my mindset. So I'm going to be working through this and I think it's interesting to me and fun because I think we all have these things. And I hopefully this will benefit you and help you work through those. Um, there were so many other things that were spoken about. Um, everybody was talking about the quadrants that she talked about. I That did not relate to me at all. And some of you guys are like, what? That was my favorite thing. Only because like I don't hang out in unproductive space. And so she was talking about space that we hang out in and things that are like emergency, things that are production. Like there was these four quadrants that she talked about. And a lot of um, us tend to spend a lot of time in in a quadrant that is very detrimental to us. It's sort of like you're wasting time. <laughs> so she said, like, if you feel guilty about the ninth episode of whatever it is you're watching, um, that means you're hanging out in the wrong quadrant, right? You got to, like, get out of there. And I get that, but that's just not something I ever deal with because I don't have any guilt towards my time because I actually... Do get too much done. So I feel like if I sit and watch TV for a minute, I feel like I deserve it somehow. (laughs) Right. So so those are some of the things I learned at Gold Retreat. Um and a lot of good takeaways. Uh I just wanted to get on here real quick to help you guys um out as well, because I know so many people are asking me, like, how was it? You know, what happened? Um, there were tears at Gold Retreat. I that happens I think every time and I get exhausted and I'm overwhelmed and I get in my head that I'm a loser, right? Like really I do. And um there were some tears. There was a hard conversation with another leader. Um That wasn't helpful to me, but helped me see some better, better ways. And then there was another conversation with with another leader. That's one of my main upline leaders, I just spoke to two of my upline leaders, one of them was definitely not helpful. And one of them was very helpful. And I think that's where we have to remember that we're gonna we're gonna kind of discuss things with people. And some things are just going to be like, what? And then other things are going to be like, thank you. And so I'm focusing on the gratitude of the thank you rather than focusing on the negative of the thing that didn't work out well, right. And that's okay. And to know that I need to move on with that. And, um, you know, all the stuff I've learned is going to help me move forward. So if you're listening to this, and you were like, you know what, she's my person, just message me, I would love to chat with you if you are somebody that does not use Young Living. And you think, hey, I want to go on gold retreat with Jen. (laughs) Like I want to go on diamond retreat with Jen. Like, that's awesome. I would love to travel with you. I would love to get you started uh, as a member on my team. My member number is 946916. And all that does is it puts you with me. So that's how that works. And that allows us to do life together. And that's what I want to do. I want to do life with people that I like and trust. I want girlfriends that... We can hang out till three o'clock in the morning and just giggle the whole time. I mean, I had so much laughter at this retreat. It just, I love that. I mean, I love to laugh and I love to enjoy people's company. And um, so that's it. So I hope that this has been beneficial to you. And um, feel free to email me if you'd like at jen at Jenosullivan.com, um, or you can connect with me on Facebook or Instagram or wherever. But man, oh man, would I just so enjoy having you on my team? And if that's something you'd like to do, please. Give me a call. All right, take care, you guys. Be blessed, and we'll see you on the next one.